0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Acts chapter 2. Are you ready uh, for Acts chapter 2? Verse number 42. It says, And they continued, we're talking about the church, we started last week, we're talking about the members. Say, so, well, I'd like for you to talk about what the deacons are supposed to do. Well, we'll get to that. I'd like for you to talk about what the pastor's supposed to do. And i like, well, we'll get to that too. But we're going to talk tonight about what the members are supposed to do. You say, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to do anything. I thought we were just supposed to come and kind of warm a pew and uh, take up space. Well, that's part of it, but that's just the beginning. God has a plan for his church. And it says in verse number 42, uh, well, verse number 41, then they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. That's the way it's supposed to work. Somebody gets saved. And by the way, when you get saved, you're going to be glad about it. Uh, You're going to receive the word gladly. Brother Nathan, I'm so glad you said amen because I was supposed to dismiss you. Is that why you said amen? You could, have just been, you could have just been snoring loudly, and I would have heard that too. Well, let the teens be dismissed uh, to the teens on target. Oh, man, oh, man. Now I've got to start over the whole thing. I thank the Lord for that good song. I tell you, I love that song. But songs like that, you've got to be careful. You'll say amen a little too early. You'll say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, Acts chapter 2, we're talking about the members. They that gladly received his word, verse 41, they were baptized. You get saved. And by the way, when you get saved, you are glad. You ought to be glad. By the way, you shouldn't just be glad when you first get saved. You ought to be glad every day after too because you've been saved. You've been passed from death unto life. You've been saved from hell. You've been saved uh, to a home in heaven for all of eternity. And not only that, you've been born again. You've been born into the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. They that gladly received his word were baptized. You get baptized. uh, And that's the first step of obedience. And I thank the Lord. Uh, Miss Odell, I keep thinking I need to ask you or Brother Dan, but we need to run a report for about this last year or so, just how many folks we've had baptized. It has been, uh, and by the way, a lot of services, not just one, not just two. We've had a lot of services where it's three or more. And I thank the Lord for that. That's the way it ought to be. And by the way, don't ever get used to that. I remember I heard a preacher years ago and he was talking about the fact that he was in a church where they were having people saved and they were having people baptized. And here's what he said. He said, I was sitting in a service one day and he said, and people were getting baptized. And he said, and people always got baptized. And he said, I found myself just thinking, okay, well, that's good. Somebody's getting baptized. And he said, I found that I was almost getting used to it. I was almost just getting accustomed to it like it wasn't a big deal anymore. I want to tell you, it's a big deal when somebody gets saved. It's a big deal when somebody gets baptized, and I hope we never take that for granted. Uh, you, could, you could go a lot of places. You could talk to a lot of people, good people, good churches, where it's been a long time since they've had somebody saved or baptized. And I, I get to, I'll get to that in a minute. And by the way, if, if people are getting saved and baptized here, it's not for our glory his glory. It's not because of us. We're not doing the saving. We're just doing the telling, but God's the one that does the saving. But they were baptized. Then it says, they the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, that's significant. We're going to look at verse 47, where we see again that there were people added. But then it says, verse 42, and they, these are the disciples, this is, these are the Christians, these are the people that have been saved and baptized, they continued. You know what that means? They stayed faithful. They kept going. Um, they, they, they stayed with it. They continued steadfastly. They continued faithfully doing what? Well, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, here it is again, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord did what? He added. Doesn't say the disciples added. Doesn't say that Peter added. Doesn't say that the the, the church record keeper added. It says, and the Lord added. To the church daily, such as should be saved. So there's a couple of thoughts here I'll give you by way of introduction. First of all, that this church is not my church. This church is not your church. This is the Lord's church. And we've talked about that a lot in Matthew 16:18. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. But Acts 2.47, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily. Now, sometimes, and by the way, please don't, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So please help me out here on this one. Don't leave me up here hanging. But sometimes we feel like everything is up to us. We've got to figure it out. We've got to work it out. We've got to orchestrate it. Maybe sometimes you feel like that at work. Uh, maybe sometimes you feel like that in your home. Maybe sometimes you feel like that in your Sunday school class or your bus route or whatever it may be. I want to I remind all of us that it's not our church. It's not our family. It's not our ministry. It's the Lord's. And the Lord is the one that's going to add to the church. So that means if we are faithful to do what he's told us to do, then he's going to take care of it. True. True. It's the Lord that added to the church. The Lord is the one that adds. It says in the book of Psalms, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It's not our church. It's not your church, not my church. It's the Lord's church. And he's the one that does the adding. God always takes care of his church. He's got all that figured out. And by the way, his math is good. You may not know how to add very well, or I may not know how to add very well, but God's got that all taken care of. He knows exactly what this church needs, and He knows uh, who needs to be added to the church. But notice next, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Did you notice that word, daily? It doesn't say weekly. By the way, that's that's usually how we count things because we have our Sunday bulletin, right? And so that has the numbers, the attendance. But we don't have the attendance anymore. We used to. Uh, It has the offering numbers. We'll usually try to tell how many people got saved or baptized. And I need to get back in the habit of uh, every week saying, hey, this number got saved. This people got baptized and all that. But we, we look at things usually weekly. But God is adding to the church daily such as should be saved. That means, now help me out with this. I may be mistaken. That means people can get saved any day, right? So that means that we don't have to wait till Sunday to share the gospel with somebody. We share the gospel on a Monday. Last time I checked, the gospel works good on Monday. Works good on Tuesday. It works good Wednesday. It works in the summer. It works in the winter. By the way, it works during COVID. It works... Pre-COVID and mid-COVID and post-COVID, the, the, the gospel works. And the Lord added daily to the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. Is that what it says? No. Although when a person gets saved, their name is added to the Lamb's Book of Life. But when a person gets saved, they need to be in church. Now, I know that sounds like a novel idea, and I understand I'm preaching to the choir tonight because this is the Wednesday night crowd But can I tell you, it's God's plan for his people uh, to be in church. The church is the institution that Jesus Christ started. And he didn't start it because he had nothing else to do. Jesus didn't start it because he came to earth and he was bored. Jesus came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. And Jesus came and he gave himself, he gave his life for the church. This is God's plan. And so we see the church is God's plan and the members, you and I, we have a responsibility. I see, first of all, I see we have a responsibility to attend. You see, it's hard to continue in something that you're not there for. It's hard to continue in something that you never start. It's hard to continue in something that you're not doing. We have responsibility uh, to attend. Uh, Hebrews 10, 25, I quote this verse often, and I believe it's an important verse. I believe it's vital. But God's word tells us not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. We need the church. Why do we need it? Well, let me give you a few thoughts in this passage. One, we need the church for doctrine. Did you know that there are doctrines in the Bible that you need to know? There's doctrines in the Bible that I need to know. We must have doctrine. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We have in our church, we have uh, Sunday morning services, and I preach on Sunday morning. I don't preach uh, a lot of, it's not a lot of teaching on Sunday mornings. It's not a lot of uh, lengthy Bible studies on Sunday mornings, but we have church on Sunday nights. Sunday nights, we'll go through a different series. Right now, we're in the book of Psalms. Uh, I believe that we need to have that. We have on Wednesday nights now, we're going through a series on the church. We'll start in June, a series on the book of Revelation. Uh, We've gone through a series on different things, but we need to know what the Bible says. We need to know what the Bible teaches. We have also, not just Sunday morning and not just Sunday night and not just Wednesday night, but we have Sunday school classes. And I wanna encourage you here tonight or those that are watching or listening, if you're not in a Sunday school class, I wanna encourage you to get in a Sunday school class, come to that Sunday school class, bring your Bible, uh, bring a pen, bring a piece of paper, jot some notes down, mark your Bible. Uh, I, I, I have the privilege to attend a Sunday school class. And, and I, every Sunday I sit in a Sunday school class um, when I'm not you know, running to Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or Oscars. No, no, I'm in Sunday school. And you know what I do in Sunday school? I listen. And you know what else I do in Sunday school? I drink coffee. Well, I mean, What else I do in Sunday school? I say amen. And you know what else I do in Sunday school? I'll jot things down. You know why? Because I need to learn, and I need the teaching, and I need the Word of God. Uh, I'd encourage you to be in a Sunday school class. I'll say this tonight, I'll probably say it again on Sunday here soon because I, I need to hammer this home. But if you're in a ministry on Sundays, uh, if at all possible, I would encourage you to go back and I'd encourage you to listen to the message. If you miss Sunday morning, you need to go back and listen to that message Brother Dan preached from the book of Esther. You know why? Because we need the preaching. We need the teaching. We need the word of God. You can't continue in doctrine if you don't know it. You can't continue in doctrine if you're not reminded of it. So doctrine, that's so important. Uh, next, it says fellowship. Did you know that God's people need fellowship. We need to be with one another. You were not created and I was not created to sit at home and stare at four walls and never talk to anybody and never interact with somebody. Remember what happened in the garden of Eden? God created Adam and in the garden of Eden, God saw Adam and he saw that it was not good for man to be alone. So he created Eve as an helpmeet for Adam. What can I tell you, God knew that it wasn't good for Christians to be alone. So that's why God gave us the church, because we need need each other. We need encouragement. We need the fellowship. You say, well, I work with people and I I talk to people all the time. And maybe, but I'll tell you what, uh, I don't think you're getting encouragement from work like you get from church. I don't think you're getting the blessing from work and, and from the people that are uh, uh, living in the world that maybe don't know Christ or maybe uh, are, not, are, are not walking with God. I don't think you get the same encouragement. I know this. I know that we need the church because of the Christian fellowship that comes from the church. They continued in doctrine. They continued in fellowship. They continued in the breaking of bread. Uh, the Bible tells us that they went from house to house, and uh, the breaking of bread has a couple connotations. One, they just got together. They got together, and they had meals together. They, they shared together. Uh, I know some of you are thinking, well, uh, we know this is a Baptist church because we do have a lot of meals, and we do have a lot of food. Also, it has the idea and, and the, the meaning of communion. And the communion, Jesus told his disciples, he said, this do as often as you do it in remembrance of me. So when they'd get together from house to house, you know what they'd say? Hey, it's not been that long, but let's not forget what Jesus did on the cross. Hey, it's not been that long, but let's never forget the body of Jesus that was broken. Let's not forget the blood of Jesus that was shed. And so they encouraged each other, even in homes and even from house to house, besides getting together every day, in the church. They continued in doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. Can I tell you, we need prayer. We need the prayers of God's people. Maybe your life, maybe your life is is so good and so easy and it's just so carefree that you don't need it. But I'll tell you what, I need it. And I'll tell you what, I can feel it when people are praying. It makes a difference. I've had people before that have said, hey, I was praying for you at such such a time and I'm thinking, well, I'm glad you did because you have no idea what I was going through. Can I tell you, I'm glad that we can pray and the church ought to pray for one another. We have a prayer list and we have a prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, but please don't wait till Wednesdays to pray. Please don't wait for once a week or don't wait, well, I'll, nobody mentioned it, so I didn't know if I should pray for it or not. Yeah, pray for it. Uh, please don't feel like it has to be announced before you can pray, oh no. We ought to be praying without ceasing. We ought to be praying all the the time. Ephesians 6, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I see in the book of Acts that the church, the members were responsible to, to attend the services and to attend the meetings so they could continue in doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers, but also praising God. Notice verse 47. They were praising God. Now, remember, this is a church that was experiencing persecution. This is a church that was losing everything. This was a church that that, that they were were being hunted down by men like Saul of Tarsus. But you know what this church did? They said, hey, we're still going to praise God. God's been good to us. God God saved us. If it weren't for God, if it weren't for the the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would be on our way to hell. We would be lost. And so they were praising God. We ought to praise God. Now, maybe you just have praise services all the time at your house. But I'll tell you this, we ought to praise God every day. But there's something special about coming together with God's people and praising uh, as a church family. There's something special. I I love it. I, I, I was still trying to shake hands and finish up. But to hear God's people sing these songs and praising God and glorifying God and magnifying the Lord, we ought to praise God. But then notice what it says in verse 47. Here's a responsibility for church members. It says they were praising God and they were having favor with all the people. Now, I just told you that they were suffering persecution. So I'm not saying that you're gonna be you know, citizen of the year because you're a Christian and I'm not saying that you're gonna be everybody's favorite and everybody's gonna be patting you on the back, but here's what I'm saying. Did you know, as Christians, people may not like our position and people may not like our stand, but people ought not to be able to point to our disposition. They ought not to be able to point to our spirit. They ought not be able to point to our attitude and they ought not to be able to say, That person's always depressed. That person's always angry. That person is the one that's always causing trouble at work. No, no, no. God's people ought to be the happiest campers on the planet. God's people ought to get along with one another. God's people ought to be a testimony. We ought to be advertising how good it is to be saved. By the way, it is good to be saved. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I was sharing on Sunday night. Uh, Joanna and I, we spend a, the first about 10 or 15 minutes with the children's choir. Miss Kelly uh, does the children's choir, and then Miss Grace comes in and she'll play the piano after we leave. Uh, I just realized that. Grace, I think she just avoids us, you know, she kind of comes in after we leave. But uh, I always try to do a couple songs with the kids, and then we'll do a lesson. We were talking on Sunday night, we were talking about the monarch butterfly. You know, the monarch butterfly's got those beautiful colors, and, and those colors are actually scales. They're very tiny scales, almost like shingles. They, they overlap and they, they soak up heat to give that butterfly the warmth to be able to fly. But you know what else those colorful wings do? They advertise. They advertise to predators you don't want to eat me because I'm nasty, you don't want to eat me because I taste terrible. By the way, that's not the kind of advertising Christians ought to do. My life is so miserable, you don't want anything to do with it. No, no, no. We ought to be advertising, hey, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You want to know how to live life and have joy and peace and contentment? Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. We ought to be advertising. We ought to be happy. We ought to have favor with people. And then it says, and the Lord added to the church, daily such as should be saved the bible tells us in the book of acts that they were in one accord the bible tells us in verse number 43 that they saw miracles the bible tells us that they had gladness and singleness of heart verse number 46 the bible tells us they saw people saved and saw people baptized did you know as members we have the opportunity to invite people to church We have the opportunity to share the gospel with people. We have the opportunity when somebody gets saved to to take them under our wing and say, Hey, why don't you come to my house for lunch? Hey, let's meet up somewhere. Let's get a bite to eat. Let's pray together. Hey, let's fellowship together. We have that opportunity. By the way, we have that responsibility. As members, we have the responsibility not only to attend, we have a responsibility to give. The Bible says in Acts 2 and verse number 45, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They were giving. They were a giving people. They gave to the work of God, but they also gave to other Christians and other people who were in desperate need. As Christians, we ought to give. The Bible says we ought to give cheerfully. Sometimes we're okay with giving, but we don't give it very cheerfully. I don't know about you now, but maybe with the way that uh, the prices are and the cost of gas and inflation or whatever, but maybe you've had to go back and you've had to do some adjustments and you've had to you know, uh, tighten the belt, so to speak, or whatever. And you know, Of course, with all the, the stimulus and all that stuff, and now we're back to not only reality, but we're back to prices are going up on stuff. But can I tell you this? No matter how the economy changes, no matter how our finances change, As God's people, we have a responsibility to give. And when you give to the Lord, I want to tell you this, God will always bless you for it. God will be a debtor to no man. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. And of course, in the New Testament, I believe it goes even above and beyond that. I think we ought to give as God has blessed us. And I think we ought to give by faith. We could talk a lot about giving. I don't say a lot about it, but I'll say that and I'll move on. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts 20. Every Christian Every church member has a responsibility to serve God. You say, well, pastor, I'm here at church, or I'm listening maybe on the radio, or I'm listening online, and I've started to attend the church, but I don't have a ministry. I'm not involved. Well, we'd like to to help you with that. Did you know that we've got opportunities for everybody to serve? We've got opportunities for everybody to do something. And by the way, you're not going to be fulfilled as a Christian until you are serving God. That's what God created us to do, to serve Him. But notice Acts 20, verse number 19. The Bible says, and this is the Apostle Paul, uh, who of course traveled with his teams of missionaries and, and church planning and preaching and all that. But it says in verse 19, serving the Lord, with all humility of mind as we serve the lord let's remember that anything good that's accomplished it's not because of us may we be humble Uh, may we walk with god in humility may we serve god with all humility of mind and paul says with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the jews I've heard some people say in the time I've been in ministry, I've heard some people say, you know, I'm just going through a lot of things right now and so I really can't serve God right now. I'm glad the Apostle Paul didn't take that attitude. He's being chased and he's being threatened with death and prison and beatings and he was beaten and he was left for dead. He said, I've been serving God with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Those Jews weren't lying in wait to throw him a surprise party. Those Jews were not lying in wait to jump out and say, hey, congratulations, here's your award. They were lying in wait to kill him. Paul said, that's not going to stop me from serving God. Verse 20, he said, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. He said, I gave everything I had. I didn't hold back, uh, but I have showed you and taught you, here it is, publicly. He said, I wasn't even sneaking around. I wasn't even going undercover. Paul said, I was marching into town and preaching. I was doing everything I could publicly to serve God. And by the way, I think as Christians, sometimes we take the approach that we don't mind serving God. We just don't want too many people to know about it. We don't want the people at work or we don't want the the, the family or the neighbors to think, you know, we've gone overboard. Oh no, Paul said, I was serving God publicly, he said. And from house to house, he said, I was going to everybody serving God. Then verse 21 And by the way, that's one reason why we go house to house. That's one reason why we go door to door. That's why, because God's plan is for us to serve and not to be selective, but to get as many people as we can to reach the world with the gospel. Verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Paul said, I'm not discriminating. I'm not preaching just to a certain group. He said, I'm preaching to everybody. Repentance toward God and faith Toward our Lord Jesus Christ, he said the gospel works for everybody and I'm going to let everybody know. Verse 22, and now he said, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there. Say, well, I might be serving God and I may not know what's coming next. I may not know what the future holds. Well, guess what? None of us do. But we keep on serving God anyway. We just stay faithful to God no matter what. Then he says in verse 23, accept or save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. The Holy Spirit told me, said, hey, you're going to have bonds and afflictions everywhere you go. Just be prepared. But notice verse 24. But none of these things move me. I want to ask you tonight, what has moved you from serving God? What has stopped you from serving God? What has kept you from serving God? Or maybe you are serving God tonight, and I know, again, this is a Wednesday night crowd, cream of the crop. I look around and see so many uh, nursery workers and bus workers and and junior church and choir members and all that. I know that, Christian school, all that, I know that. So maybe you're here tonight and you say, I'm serving God. Well, wouldn't it be good tonight to make the decision? I'm not going to let anything move me. I'm not going to let anything keep me. I'm not going to let anything deter me from serving God. But none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself. It's not about me. So that I might finish my course with joy. And here it is. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. That is a ministry that has been given to every one of us. We've not all been given the ministry of music. We've not all been given the ministry of teaching. We've not all been given the ministry of running all the knobs in the sound booth and, and all of that stuff and having the headphones on and, 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 and looking, brother Tommy didn't have them on right now, but you know, looking so just, you know, sophisticated and so technologically advanced. We may not all have that ministry, but we all have this ministry right here to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. We all have the ministry to tell others what Jesus did for us. And I want to encourage you tonight that as members, we have been given a responsibility to serve God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack.